Hey, and welcome to the Rally Podcast. We're stoked that you're here. We hope that this would be a tool to help you pursue the presence of God, people, and the ways of Jesus. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy. Fellas, we're here at the round table. And uh, if you're leaning in, watching and listening, I've got Glenn Batson here with me, the beautiful, the handsome, ex-retired Clemson baseball player. And the the Prince of Anderson, the royalty, Austin Duffy. Wow. Just absolute legends at the table. Fellas, what's uh what's what's going on here? What's going on, man? <laughs> what's, we're, we're excited to be here. We're, we were just saying before this aired, the last time we did this together, Josh was the only one of us that had a had a baby, and now we all three have That's true. dad pack kids. I got home. a ten week old. How old is baby G? On the eighth, he'll be fourteen months. Yeah, we're totally dads. We are crushing the yeah. dad, dad game, but I don't know about that. Yeah. But. Today, today we're going to be talking about uh, lessons from 2021, and and we just thought it'd be cool to get get some some of the crew together and just like have have a reflection, have a think about this year, uh, think about all all the things that God's done, think about some cultural events. Uh, we can talk about anything, but really, we want to kind of unpack a little bit. Uh, our values are that we want to pursue the presence of God, people, and the ways of Jesus. And I thought it'd be cool to kind of go down a little bit of a journey of like, what did, what did we learn? What was maybe some things God taught us, maybe some mistakes we made, lessons learned. Uh, but Duffy, what, what was favorite cultural thing that took place this year? Sporting event? Um, we're fresh off the Braves winning the World Series. Okay. And that's what we got to talk about, first of all, is <laughs> that, you know, this under 500 till August, turning around. Multiple injuries. Multiple injuries. And they did it. No they beat the Dodgers. <laughs> You'll learn one day, <laughs> and man, I yeah, we're just we're really really stoked about that. So if somebody's listening to this years in the future, we are very very excited right now. Yeah, I, I gotta agree. That's my that's my number one as well. How does how does it feel to be world champions? Just dominating? Yeah, the world, world the whole world. <laughs> I will say, I feel like there's a lot of people that have jumped out on the bandwagon. Pictures on social. I'm not saying you at all, but I've, I, I've seen plenty of Facebook posts from people. It's that, fine with me. You know, whatever. Braves country. This is it is what it is. And uh, like you said, world champs, that's what it says. I just want to go on the record and say I want no part of whatever's going on in Japan right now because I think if the Braves played the best team over there or maybe a port, like, I'm just, I just don't feel as it's, confident. It, I, I was saying, saying, we were talking earlier, but it, it is just a classic American thing to say in a national competition, we are the world, world champions. Champ. We have just yeah. dominated the world. Someone had a shirt on the other day that said back-to-back world champions. <laughs> yeah. Just America dominating yeah. the world. Yeah. Maybe weird but uh glenn favorite favorite thing was it was it the, the braves or anything else no i gotta say braves okay I've, I've been a Braves fan my whole life went to games as a kid so i was i was pretty pumped if we're like on the sports for 10 more seconds i'll just say also georgia beat clemson this year that was really awesome <laughs> big and, deal uh, everybody listening to this is stoked about that so go dogs as um, weird as this may sound uh, i i know clemson isn't having the greatest year but i actually uh enjoy watching their games on saturdays because i know it's going to be a, a <laughs> good game it's a, it's a fun game till the end instead of just you know 50 to nothing in the yeah, third it must quarter be nice to have two natties what uh what about duffy becoming a dad what what what, what was the obviously there's a million yeah. things that are the favorites but what are a few things that stood out to you funny uh, things great things all in between give, give us the i don't know it's the coolest thing ever for sure um I my wife is amazing. What women do in that is just like truly like transformative. To watch that up close is like really something. And you know she's beautiful and she's so well behaved and so well behaved. She's ten weeks <laughs> old, but she you know she sleeps through the night and we have a great time. You know we smile and listen to country music or do whatever and have have a blast. So I love it. What what about you, man? What what on the family side? Uh, I guess I. It's super sentimental, but just understanding more of God's heart for me as a dad, 
um, having having a son has been illuminated even more, mm-hmm. uh, which is super special. Mm-hmm. I was ha- having time with Eli this morning, just thinking about how wild it is that God would entrust me to be his dad, and and that it's just insane that he would trust me to even do that. Dude, on that thought, like the the most broken I've been since we had Zion is that, like one like a couple uh, like two weeks ago, I had like I felt that she trusted me like I had that feeling of like I picked her up and we were I was like slow dancing with her like in the living room and I'm like catching these visions of her (laughs) wedding day and I'm like go away visions like and but I just had this feeling of like I saw her and I knew that she trusted me and it broke me (laughs) like this human like trust me Mm -hmm. for everything Mm -hmm. and that and that did I did think about God in that like whoa that's why when I trust in God you know it's not why but it is a symbolism and like does God's heart swell like this when I trust him? And, uh, you know, to some degree, I think the answer is yes. So yeah. I definitely had had some of that hit me hard recently. Right. It's cool. It's awesome. Well, let's, let's, let's dive in a little bit and talk even about like around uh, the presence of God and something we talked about uh, a bunch this year. But, but was there anything for you guys that's like, man, God, God showed me this. I learned this. Any, <clears throat> anything that, that first jumps out to and you just think about enjoying the presence of God? Yeah, I, uh, this is something that's kind of, Kind of fresh over the last couple of weeks, months. Uh, but the idea of like 24-7 uh, continual awareness of God's presence, thinking of, of John 15, uh, abide in me, remain in me, apart from me, you can do nothing. Just the reality of, of that verse, I think, is, has been the thing that God is just keeps pressing on me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Um and example, the other week, I, I, I shared this in, I think, in another podcast, but I, I lashed out at my wife, and uh, I, I got frustrated with her. I'm sure y'all uh, y'all have never done that. but Austin never does that. And I, just, I remember getting back in the car and thinking, God, what just happened? Like, why why, why did I, where did that come from? And, and God just very uh, kindly and clearly said, you, you have not been abiding in me. Uh, and so just the understanding that, man, I, I cannot be a good husband I cannot lead well. I cannot uh, pursue people well. I, I can't stay sane mentally. Like I can't do anything apart from abiding in, in the presence of God. And so really just understanding that it's not just a, a, a spending time with God in the morning. It is a uh, continual awareness of his presence all throughout the day. And from that place, fruit is bared. From that place, I'm a better husband. From that place, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's really um, trying to, to figure out what it looks like in between meetings and uh, folding laundry and hanging with my, my son on a Friday morning, like in those moments, how am I still abiding, uh, in Jesus? It's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. So cool, bro. Um, some of the, some of this for me is, is genuinely very fresh too. Um, like in the past couple of weeks, but I've been writing and thinking a lot about there's this, I've been reading this. It's an, uh, it's a biography of this 20th century, like abstract expressionist painter. And it kind of does a lot of like art history in it too. And I've been reading this book and there's this quote in it. His name's Robert Irwin, the name of the artist. And he says that a photograph can convey only image, not presence. And when I read that, it like really hit me. I've like, I wrote it down. I've been thinking about it for days and days and days. And I've written some stuff about it. And this is this artist who wouldn't let people take pictures of his work. He's like, that photograph can't, you know, it doesn't do justice, the real thing. Yep. And uh, so in, in this idea, I started thinking about the presence of God. Like a photograph can convey image, like it can show you what something looks like, 
but it's another thing altogether to be there and, and to receive the presence of a thing. And now th- think about the Grand Canyon. Like, we can look at a photo of the Grand Canyon and be like, oh, my gosh, this place looks amazing. Yep. But it's another thing altogether to stand in it. You can see uh, the Eiffel Tower and be like, that would be really cool and romantic to see. But it's another thing to walk around in Paris and to smell it and feel it. And I was thinking about that with Jesus because I'm like, how many people have caught the image of Jesus from the Gospels? Because you can render that Jesus in that God is like awesome just by looking at this image, right? Like we can we can see his life and you can see that, whoa, this guy is different. He's, he's special. He's He's got so much going on. And I, and I think I could even maybe perceive and understand that this man is God, but it's another thing altogether to be in the presence of God and the, 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 the journey to that, I think, um, is one that I'm trying to figure out the best words to unpack, like from that space. But it's so much about awareness, right? It's so much about, um, not just when you read these pages that give you this image, recognizing that that same power that conquered the grave lives in you in the moments where we are aware of that and let the implications hit us. It's like, oh, wow, I can walk around in this presence the same way that I can walk around in the Grand Canyon or walk around in Paris. I can walk around with the presence of God, not just in theory in front of me that I could articulate and understand, but like an actual uh, holistic, like, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, like immersion in in God's presence by by making myself open to it, but then mostly just recognizing that that's going on. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy to forget that. Why? Why, why do we? Why are we so consumed with so many other things other than that reality? Because that's amazing. Because yeah, I don't know. Because we're human and we're flesh, and we have lots of idols. And yeah. sometimes your idols are the Braves, and they are good <laughs> idol for a little bit, and eventually they won't be. But yeah, it's stuff's intoxicating, right? Yeah. And they're not bad, but I think actually the more aware that we allow ourselves to become of, I think we make it a either or thing. Yeah, I'll, I'll use the Braves as the example because yeah, full immersion, right? It's like <laughs> you you. It's either I can be aware of God's presence or I can be obsessed with baseball. It's like we think about them very separately. It's like, what does it actually look like to do both? Like to with everything you do to like enjoy. I actually think about the quote. Um, it's not a quote. It's from the song. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And I think that, that I, I understand what it's saying, but I actually think that that's kind of like missing the mark. It's like in the things of earth will grow strangely like bright in the light of his glory and grace. Like if we can live with that presence, actually yeah. baseball becomes even better. Like, right, it, right, like and it, because it's no longer I, an idol, it's 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 something to enjoy. Like you can see like the, the kingdom stuff that's in and around it all. And then it allows you to also see the things that are poisonous or bad about mm-hmm. glorifying things that are bad idols. Right. So I, great perspective. instead of having healthy. to pick Clemson football or yeah. awareness of God's presence, like, whoa, what if you just gave yourself all into both and, make sure first the awareness of the presence of God and see yeah. how that, you know, changes the rest of your experience of a thing. It's less being compartmentalized. It's like the presence of God comes with, with me where I go. In the quiet time. Yeah. That's, I, I think, too, like thinking that it has to happen in these, you know, however long in the morning on your Bible well, app. I think here, like in the South, we've kind of been trained to think that way, For you sure. know? Yeah. Like you wake up 20 minutes, read your Bible, pray, and that's it. Uh Speak to it. I was I was even thinking as Duffy was talking, like even you. So you, you guys at Clemson have started like having a prayer meeting on Monday morning. Since and, and I know you've told me a couple of stories of like even some people just articulating how this is the best thing ever. Yeah. And it's kind of like what Duffy's talking about. Yeah, I mean, I I've had people come up to me at the end, and you know, I was just asking, hey, how, you know, how do you, how did you enjoy that? What are your thoughts? 
And it's been it's been very uh, encouraging just hearing responses of, of people. Literally, it's like their mind is being blown. Uh, they're like, this is the greatest thing I've been a part of. And I think what they're saying without really knowing it is, is they, they've just never sat in God's presence for an hour with no distractions, undivided attention. Um, and I, I just believe, man, when we get people in that space, um, that there's fullness of joy there. That's what, that's what God's word says. And so, yeah, it, it's been super encouraging. And, um, my heart for young adults is, is to, you know, cr- help them get in those spaces, um, because it is the thing that satisfies their soul and it's um it's the greatest place to be for sure and that exposure to it i think creates a hunger for it right Right. and then right and hopefully like in church we're teaching the tools and truth that you can experience that elsewhere which of course you are and i think that that's like well and the whole thing we we speak to on monday is like hey we want to create something that you can do in your living room tomorrow morning exactly you know i bet there's not a lot of like you know fluff and there no way giving away airpods at these prayer no, meetings there, right there's, there's, <laughs> there's zero production there's no yeah. prayer slides it is hey we are here to minister first and foremost to god and invite him to minister to us That's cool mm-hmm. um so yeah what well, why don't you guys even speak to like as as your pastor and young adults and and you're you're pastoring doing life with them but also just observing culture and like it has been again another full-on year of so much whether it's politics covid just heartache around the world that we see and just people just asking questions and and experiencing the presence of God in the midst of all the chaos. Is there anything that comes to mind of just like walking with people through journeys or just anything in regards to like the world we live in and, and experiencing God's presence in the day to day? I had a rough afternoon yesterday. I got a text message that was annoying, like really, truly annoying. And I went to my office and closed my door and I sat down and I didn't just react. And I was like, God, I need your help. Mm. And he helped me. Awesome. I, I just, you know, even today and reflecting on it, I'm like, I handled that differently than I would have four years ago, 100%. Wow. Every, at every step, I can think about how I've had some more things and reacted different and just been to the journey of like, if I just will welcome God into stuff, he'll, he wants to show up, like he's here, he's there. But if I just, if I stay in the flesh of things, then I really can't choose a different way and so i think like just a real life example just say I, I had a tough situation i needed to react to mm-hmm. i created five minutes yep. god help me yeah. and i felt this help and i you know and i think that's part of the reason why i'm a christian mm-hmm. you know I, I i see and feel that and I, i've even like with with stuff like that i've even started to set like reminders on my phone of little things of you know every every hour just simply acknowledge god uh take Five minutes to pray like putting those little reminders on my phone helps me when i get in those situations good, bro. you know so that's something tangible that's been super super helpful for me that's awesome yeah let's talk about uh, even just around this idea of pursuing people and um the 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 world that that we live in again the tensions all, all this sort of stuff um how, how have you guys gone about uh loving people more like jesus this year is 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 there anything different yeah, I, I, all cards on deck. This has been, so this series, uh, this fall that we've been in, this specific uh, value of, of pursuing people the month, I believe what we did in October, uh, it was very, God convicted me pretty heavy. Uh, I think it's easy for me to pursue people within the walls of, of a church because I'm a pastor, but it's easy for me to like flip that switch off when I'm home or walking around in my neighborhood or whatever it may be. Um, and so it's, it has been super convicting, um, for me. And I, I think what, what God has just spoken to me is like, 
one, we've complicated this idea of, of loving and pursuing people. And I think God has just taken me back to the reality that like this was his this was his heart, that the word became flesh and made his, his dwelling among us. God literally left heaven and came down to earth t- to pursue people. Uh, and I think we can get in the weeds of so many things, um, but this was very simply yet profoundly the, the heart of God to go after uh, broken people. And the, where I've been convicted specifically is like with my neighbors. Uh, I have neighbors across the street beside me who I know for a fact are, are not followers of Jesus. And through this series, uh, I, I really have been com- felt compelled to engage more conversation with them and invite them over for dinner and, and, and actually, you know, be about it. And so I, I've been pretty convicted uh, in this in this season, for sure. That's awesome. I, I, uh, I think I would say um, something to the effect of, I think I've learned more than ever this year that no one person is more or less human than another. Uh, what I mean, you know, I, obviously we... It's easy to look at that from the end where we feel like people are dehumanized for um, like weird stuff. But even, you know, the, that, uh, you, Sam Gibson was on, on here a few weeks ago. And that guy, when you're around him, it's like, it's like this man is part angel. Like, I mean, it, it, but like Sam would be the first to tell you, like, whoa, buddy, like, you know, I am just as human as you are. And I think, um, being able to see a, a, an incredibly level playing field, uh, with humanity is important. And, I think I've I uh, I learned a lot at the end of last year, but this year has been a lot of the application and still struggle with having empathy for people who I disagree with or that I um, have maybe hurt me or done things that I think are stupid, um, which is already dumb to think that I know what's not stupid. Um, but I, but genuinely like forgiveness and forgiving people and having empathy for our shared humanity that. I know what it's like to be human too. Do I want to be judged by my worst day? No. Then why, you know, it's the end of Ephesians 4, like loving one another in the depths of Christ's love. It's like pursuing people that are hard to pursue. It just, just doubling down on that whole forgiveness thing and finding that level ground of, I see you, you see me, we're human. And it feels very kind of like hippie and trippy. But if we'll let ourselves go there for a second, it's like Jesus Christ is human. Yeah. Like what? Like it, 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 creates another level of uh of uh patience for people when i think about jesus being human and the fact that jesus like walked places you know like um yeah so pursuing people i sometimes i feel like the clock's running out um and as a pastor you know it's easy for me to judge my success uh in the mirror about whether or not x person i'm pouring into is doing good or not and that's just such a bogus lie and like my success is determined by obedience to god fully And um, I think with all of us, we have people in our lives that we wish would get the picture of whatever it is. And like, think, look at the uh, look at the way that Jesus treated the people around him, and the way that he treated time and his um, patience with everything. Right. I, I've taken a lot from the life of Jesus when it comes to people this year, for sure. Yeah, I think um, off of that, it, playing the long game with people is uh, something that specifically God has has been pressing on me. Um, Paul said, neither the one who, who plants or waters is anything, only God makes things grow. And I, and I, a lot of times as a pastor, I feel the weight of the same thing of if someone isn't changing, um, I feel like I failed. Uh, but, but it is very clear in scripture. Like it's my job to love and to pursue and to serve and to plant. It's God's job to do the rest. And that's, that's free. That's freed me up a lot. Philippians, he who began a good work in you will 
bring it to completion at the day of Christ Jesus. Right. I think just like banking on that promise, yeah. like to be able to say, that, like, that God, is, I've seen you me. start a good work in this person. I know that you you are the one who restores. Yeah. And so I'm just going to keep loving and keep being kind yep. and not being mean. Uh, <laughs> it's like something very simple. Especially yeah. if you got, because I, man, I got buddies from home that I want so badly to know Jesus. And I've been on this journey of, of trying so hard for the last, you know, four or five years. And there's times where I'm like, man, I, I want to give up. I feel like it's hopeless. Uh, but it's it's very freeing knowing that, man, l- let, leave the rest up to the Holy Spirit. My job is to love and to serve. And it's, it's very freeing. It's awesome. Yeah. It was in probably like, a quarter of the way through the, the this year, I, I remember like feeling a bunch of like pressure and stress, even with rally and just like some things happen of just like cultural murmurs and in the height of everything that's happening and just some some. I had this like such freeing moment where uh, it's Spurgeon has this quote and talks, and this is me paraphrasing, but in essence, he, he talks about this idea of of f- how foolish of a man to to tame and cage a lion and pretend like it has to defend and fight for this lion in a cage rather open the door and let let the lion roar and this idea of like man i don't have to fight for jesus i have to do everything i can to open the door and say here's jesus and just this freedom that it's brought me as a leader as a friend as a pastor like man all i'm trying to do is is just let people come to jesus as, as much as possible and Stop pretending like I'm the savior, <laughs> right? And pr- have this Messiah complex that I can fix everything because I can't. Even Which, though like, that's honestly just pride masked in another yeah, way. Yeah, that, that's 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 me to a T right there. Yeah, so. me as well. <laughs> um, I, even let, let's talk about like you, you guys really are like some of my best friends, and and you are like my brothers. But but even um, I'd love to just talk about like friendships and like what what does uh, friendship relationships look like? Early this year, we talked about dating, sex, friendships, relationships, all this stuff. Um, is there anything, man, some takeaways this year of, of friendships, just even the community that we're in? Uh, I don't know, anything that comes to mind? Yeah, um, two things. One, I, I have, with new relationships that I'm building and trying to, to be a, a light in someone's life, uh, I try to make my face as familiar as, as possible. So, for example, Ruffage, new restaurant in Pendleton. Have y'all been? Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, great. We'll so, so Eric, he's, uh, he's one of the owners, him and his wife. And I just, man, I just try to make it a priority every time I go in there, shake his hand, tell him how good the food was, and be just like the best uh, picture of, of Jesus in his life. Because for all I know, um, I'm the only, only, you know, way he sees a glimpse of what following Jesus is like or joy or peace or whatever it may be. And so I try to make my f- face familiar in, in, in new friendships. Uh, and then even with um, friendships, like I was saying, people that I've been, you know, with five years, whether they're following Jesus or not, one of the things God has, has, has taught me over this year is like the power of intercession and prayer um, and, and just feeling the weight of like um, and, and responsibility in a, in a healthy way of taking it on myself to, to really just like intercede and, and pray on behalf of, of people, whether it's, hey, salvation, whether it's they're going through anxiety, whether it's, you know, they just have a 10-week-old home or whatever it may be, but as a friend feeling the, the healthy, just like weight in uh, responsibility of, of prioritizing that. Mm-hmm. So cool. And um, I think the thing I would say simply about it is that the health of my friendships are my responsibility. Yeah. And it's the quickest thing that young adults do, myself being one, when if we start to feel like, oh, they haven't, they haven't texted me enough. Like, I don't know. Like, it's really, it's really easy to start to um, feel like you're the, like, to kind of 
play the victim in your friendships to be like, they should be better to me. Like, oh, I got them this for their birthday. They didn't get like, I don't know whatever little example you can think of. And it's the same, the same way that our discipleship is our responsibility. Like the health of our friendship is if you try to point a finger and say, oh, our friendship would be better, but they, then you're already losing. I think just all the time, just being willing to take the approach to be like, I'm going to invest in what I think matters to me and whether or not I feel like it's doing what I want it to do. Like at the end of the day, I have to have good, healthy friendships. And so if I cash it in on certain ones because I feel like somebody hurt me or that they didn't do their job, then I think shame on me. Maybe not shame, but like, you know, then then that's on me to uh, like that friendship is going to die. And if I'm not doing it on purpose, if I'm doing it because I'm playing a victim, then I'm losing. And so just in all my friendships, I want to be proactive and take responsibility. Hey, you know, Josh, we haven't we haven't played tennis in a couple weeks. We got to do it. In the next couple night. days, or I'm going to get you. Come off to who, me. who wins when y'all play? I mean, if you want to look at the scorecard, I got every match written down, and I'm only one ahead all time <laughs> against Josh, but I am. We need, we need to review it. Yeah, uh, we can we can go through the numbers after this. No, that's good, bro. Um, yeah, if anyone listening to this wants to play doubles, please come teach Josh how to play tennis. We're very bad. Um, so yeah, that's like great, it's man. yeah, I got to send the text. I'm going to make the phone call. Yeah. Intentionality. You know, don't wait around. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I've been I've been super reflective like this past couple months over for, for in January it will be five years since me and Taylor moved to the states literally only well coming out to the states for the first time knowing two people into a brand new city culture context and just like honestly like thinking about like the Duffies and the Batsons and like these people that God has brought into our life but even more now like this idea of like consistency with friendships over times like actually b- builds deep rooted yeah. genuine like godly community that. God might take our paths on different journeys in the future. It's like now I know that I have brothers for life yeah. and, and we have been actually building a friendship for years. And it's like both of you guys have been with me in, in some of the toughest times and in some of the best times. But it's like as I'm reflecting, man, this idea of like consistency over time wins yeah. in, the, in the right places. And, and I think just the other kind of yin to that yang is that we there's also seasons for everything. Mm-hmm. And so giving grace to a season that where something takes a different approach, like yeah. when a like when a friend has a baby or, yep. or whatever, or it gets married, like having ha- look at the big picture, the long haul yeah. and see like, if this needs to look different for <laughs> you, that's fine. But I'm going to figure out what that is and still be a consistent friend. Yeah. Awesome. I think we get, you know, Oh, they got yeah. married and then they didn't text anymore. <laughs> and then you just quit on that friendship. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Like figure yeah. out how to use it. Exactly. That's good, man. Well, uh, what, what about the ways of Jesus in, in, in man, we want to, we want to follow in the ways and the lifestyle that Jesus has invited us into uh, has there been, whether it's a spiritual discipline or practice that maybe you've picked up this year, maybe there's something in your life that you felt God pressing in on character or, or uh, and we've been using the idea of be with, become like and act like Jesus. Is there anything that comes to mind with you guys that just want to following more in the way of Jesus? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, echo something I kind of said earlier that I just keep kind of coming back to with him. And it's just the way that he approached time. And I can't get away from how helpful I think this could be to young adults and to myself, like, like the the phrase that I say is that Jesus walked places. It's like think about that. Yeah. Jesus is on a mission to save the world, and he's walking, yeah. and he doesn't even really start doing anything until he's like thirty. Mm-hmm. All right, hold on. So sophomore at whatever university, and you're fr- you're freaking out because you don't know what to major in. Yep. It's okay, you know, person who's a, a a young adult, and you're thinking you're stuck in your business and you don't know how you're gonna get the next leg up like just you you know you were walking places driving a car like 
we think we've got to rush and figure out how do we make the next move happen so that I can be successful. Yeah. That is not how Jesus was at all. Mm-hmm. And so I think just start there when you think about whatever it is like, oh, okay, what really matters here? Yeah. And it's going to create the right grace inside of you for yourself to be able to have peace in your life and to actually see the kingdom come and the things that you're doing. So when good. you stop rushing and mm-hmm. stop feeling like you've got to figure out your next thing, just take take every, with every step know that that was the pace of Christ. That's awesome, bro. That's great. Yeah, for me, I uh, gentleness is something that I'm. I heard. I think it was John Tyson. His men. He said. I heard him say one time. His mentor said, "Hey, you're you're becoming more like Jesus." And the way I know that is you're becoming more gentle. And when he said that, man, it was like God. It was like a light bulb went off, and I felt like I was saying, like, I I want you to prioritize gentleness and meekness. Um, I was wondering why you got soft. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. Um, which is really hard, to, which is really hard to do, you know, uh, another one is fasting. I think, I think that's one that, um, we, all of us can get better at. Maybe not these two guys. They're probably pros oh, at I, it, but I am terrible. I love to eat. I, lo- I love to eat. And, and I'm saying specifically with food, I think, I think, um, man, star- starving my flesh and starving the thing that my, you know, body craves the most and filling it with, with spending time with God, um, is so crucial, especially in a world of craziness in 2021 that we're that you know we've we've been in. So, yeah, gentleness and fasting are, are two that I'm I'm trying to go after. That's awesome. Yeah. At the beginning of this year, uh, David David Hall made made us as his team like try and memorize as much of the Sermon on the Mount as possible, and just like we would deep dive in this thing, and just like that was one of the best things I've ever done in my life of just every day like being in the sermon on the mount for for a period of time because it just starkly kept showing me like the way of the world is so polar opposite to the life that jesus invites us into in the sermon on the mount and really it did something transformative of me of like man jesus genuinely i want to be formed into your image so so my pride these things that what i would crave power it's like the opposite to, to meekness that's the thing that will inherit the earth and the pure in heart will see god and and just so much of like Jesus's teaching is actually a life that's on offer and available for us. And, and I don't obviously don't we won't uh, arrive. Uh, we keep becoming more and more like Jesus. But it's just something for me this year that I, I will look back and say 2021 was the year I just couldn't get out of the Sermon on the Mount because it's like, man, I, I need to become more like place Jesus. to be. Yeah. I um, something too. I feel like God is specifically related, related to this. Um, like Jesus was not was not joking when he said you reap what you sow, and man, I I feel like uh, I, I've heard it said I, I may have been Dallas Willard, but uh, it's not if you're being formed, but who and what you're being form, formed by, mm-hmm. and um, I just think our generation is a is a generation that is formed by so many other things than being with becoming like and, and acting like Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to be a generation that, that prioritizes the, the things uh, that Jesus prioritized because from that place, uh, you know, beautiful things will be grown. And I just, someone asked me one time, they said, who, who do you want to be in 20 years? Um, and at the time, I just kind of shrugged it off and was like, ah, what, why are you asking me this? You know, and then I, I think about that question a lot because the, the way I'm living my life now it has an impact on who I am 20, 20 years from now sure. and, and how I'm with Jesus and becoming like him. And so um it's a it's a challenging thought but it's it's uh i think it's important it's awesome we're, we're about to bring our time to a close as as, as we wrap up this conversation but I'd, I'd love to uh give one last chance is that is there any other reflections things words of wisdom uh 
just cheering on the Braves. Any anything uh, as as we bring our time to a close, we'd love we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, uh, you know, the just kind of the the last thought that I was having about Jesus as Glenn was talking that I'll just segue into my final thought is, you know, the Jesus loves our weakness. He loves like his power being made perfect in it. Like he loves it. Like he loves when we give it to him. And so in your 2022, you're going to be weak. Okay. I'm going to have a bad day. I'm going to have two or three. I, this is a, a little bit of a psychotic thing that I think about. My family thinks I'm crazy, because I am. But I'm like, one of the 365 days in 2022, one of them is going to be my worst. And I don't know which one. And, it, and then when I'm in July, I'm like, have I already lived it? I don't know. Like, that's how <laughs> I think about things sometimes. Like, I think, okay, over the course of my stretch of being a father, I, one of my days is I'm going to make one, one of the decisions I make will be the worst one. And I don't know when that's going to happen. Yep. But I know that, like, it's going to happen. Right. And making peace with that almost like is what gives me the grace to live it and knowing that my, my, not my safety, not my safety blanket, but like my power in that is that Jesus Christ invites it into him. Like whatever bad day, whatever the thing I can put that into Christ and he flips it and spins it right back around and gives it to me redeemed and restored. And so whatever you, whatever happened in 2021, whatever happens in 2022, we have a God who is uh, very happy to absorb your weakness so and good. to absorb your issue and your sin, and He wants to give you, um, He wants to give you life abundant. And that's not that doesn't look like uh, the way the what abundant world life looks like. It looks like an inner world that is ordered and that has not just peace with God, but the peace of God. Amen. And um, and so yeah, uh, throw your weakness into the face of Jesus because He's He's asking for it. Awesome. Yeah, <clears throat> I would I would just say uh, I think about the order of these values: pursue the presence, people, ways of Jesus. They are intentional; they're not random. Uh, and you will pursue people better. You will pursue the ways of Jesus better when you prioritize p- pursuing God's presence. And just encouragement to to rally and to young adults across the state, man, God, or wherever you're listening to this, God God is uh, committed to intimacy with you, and he and he proved that in His Son Jesus, and so. Uh, take heart in that. It's encur- it's an encouraging reality. The God of, you, the, God of the universe uh, wants to pursue intimacy with you. So That's prioritize awesome. it. Also in 2022, I'm going to go fishing with Glenn Moore and I'm going to beat Josh and Tennis more. And those are kind of my resolutions. Hey, Bingo. Bring it on, baby. Let's let's get get to the courts. But man, love you love you guys a ton and 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 super thankful for for this year and, and all the craziness and all, all the good times. It's been it's been it been a good year and excited for all that God's gonna do in 2022. So thank you guys for leaning in and listening. And uh, I guess maybe we'll see you hopefully in 2022. Goodbye. Thank you for joining the Rally Podcast. We hope it encouraged you. We'd love for you to be part of the Rally family. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and YouTube at New Spring Rally so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you'd like to connect to a campus, text RALLY to 30303.